0: Morning, morning. Hello. There we go. we got some sound. I can, uh, I can project my voice if needed. I am an extrovert, so uh, not too nervous this morning, um, but really blessed to have an opportunity to be a part of a team and share a part in um, the series that we've got. So my name's Kim. I was actually born Kimberly Ann. I haven't changed my name officially, but everyone just knows me as Kim. Because what sort of parent gives their child a 12-letter name? Uh, When you're a little preppy and you've got to learn your name and all your friends just have two letters or five letters to learn and you've got to learn yours in syllables to remember it and clap along, Uh, it's a long name, but look, I love my name. There's a story behind it, Um, but that's me. I was born in Victoria... I'm uh, very proud Vic met him. Here we go, Dave. I told you we were going to go off on tangents, and this is one that's not in the script. Um, but when I first met him, he's like, Oh, you Victorians, you just think you're the best. And I said, No, we don't think we're the best, mate. We know we're the best. <laughs> but um, I've learned to absolutely love Queensland, love living here. Dad said, When are you coming back? I said, Never. Um, I'm staying here. I love the weather, I love the heat. At the moment, it's too cold. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a teacher, um, always wanted to be a teacher ever since I was in grade two and married a teacher. Dave is my husband, he's uh, the careers coordinator here at, at the high school um, and life, I've learned a lot as a teacher, um, I've been blessed to be able to teach from prep to grade six. Absolutely love my job, and now I get to be part of the primary leadership team. So really like that. Here's a few things that you might not know about me. I grew up very much an outdoorsy kid. Uh, Pathfinder's was the absolute highlight, um, and when my church closed, Pathfinder's down, I was like, "Mom, no!" So she um, made sure that we would jump in the car and drive us down the road to Lilydale, and we joined that club. Um, so I'm really grateful to Mum for that because I learned a lot. By being outdoors. Absolutely love it. Love uh, lighting fires, (laughs) I found out. Got in trouble a few times for lighting fires that got a little bit too big and a bit too dangerous, Um, but that's just part of who I am. Also, when I was a little girl, and probably still, really wanted a horse, really wanted a horse. Um, But when your parents are doing everything they can to just make ends meet, Um, and send you to a good school and put food on the table, you're not going to buy a horse and feed the horse, are you? So Kim got to pat the horse next door um, and dream about it. Um, Also growing up, I was very much, (laughs) the people who know me pretty well, um, sarcastic. I I would often come up with a one-liner or some witty, you know, something to... Be a bit sarcastic, uh, so when I found out that I was preaching a sermon about me and my big mouth, it was like God put a chair there and said, Kim, sit down, you're going to learn a lesson, girl. I was like, so today, I don't see myself as preaching to you, I see myself sharing with you something that God has taught me over the past two weeks. Um, definitely me and my big mouth have got in some trouble. Um, My words land me in hot water. And I have learnt a little bit more as I grew up and, you know, you become a teacher and people, um, you know, send you on PDs and stuff like that. I've learnt about my personality and I've learnt that I'm a little bit like my Jack Russell when you go out on a walk with him. um, If you just leave his collar on, he will tow you the whole way around the lake. So you've got to put a little harness on him and then he'll walk nicely. So that's my personality. I've got to put a little bit of a harness on myself To just hold back and not just blurt out everything that comes to mind. Uh, So that's a little bit about me, being a little bit vulnerable there. Um, And yeah, I'm part two of the series. How am I doing, Neil? (laughs) Yeah, a little bit of feedback. There we go. All right, Neil started last week with part one, me and my big mouth. It's not my husband and his big mouth, although I would never think that about Dave. Um, He's an introvert, so... I have to ask him all the time, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? What's going on? Um, it's about me and my big mouth, not, not my dad, not my mom, not. Do you know what I mean? It's me. It's me and my big mouth. And this is a time to reflect on me. Um, so today is part two. There are four parts, just like in an AFL match, four quarters. Today is second quarter, okay? For those who don't know what AFL is, um, yeah. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Remember Neil told us that when you get really frustrated, your fists will clench clench up. I'm someone who will cross my arms, and it's just, oh, mate, because girls are not meant to hit each other, so you just cross your arms um, and, uh, you know, hold it in. So clenching those fists. But Neil taught us last week, and feel free to do it now if you remember, quick to listen, open up your hands, slow to speak. Just chill down, chill down. Quick to listen, slow to speak. And we get this lesson from the book of James Um, in the Bible. James was the brother of Jesus. Um, And I read his book this week. I Oh, man, I like this guy. When I get to heaven, I'm going to be like, dude, are you the same person? There it is. No fluffy ending, just boom. It's like this guy, he's straight straight to the point. Um, And this is where we started. He said, my dear brothers and sisters... Already ahead of his time, instead of just dear men. Uh, Dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak. In my Bible, it says, lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and let anger straggle along in the rear, lead with your ears. I love the Message Bible. Um, When I was growing up, we'd watch TV, you know, every now and then, um, and Dad would say, because, you know, we're chatting away like budgies, and Dad would say, if you shut up, you might learn something. Don't talk while Dad's home and watching TV. But he must have said it a fair bit because I remember it, so it must have been that we were talking, talking, talking during TV, but hey, listen with your ears, you might learn something. And it's definitely something that I've learned about others. If I stop talking, I actually get to know the people around me. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Here we go, part two. Me and my big mouth. It's weird talking and not having kids interrupt you and stuff. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Anyone know who this guy is? Yeah, Danny Ricardo. We love him, right? He's our Aussie driver. The other day I was at home and I was like, I really want Dave to ask me how I'm doing because I want to tell him something. But I should, be, I should listen first because I'm preaching about that. So I said to Dave, oh, Dave, how are you? What's been going, in, going on in F1? Twenty-five minutes later... Oh my goodness, so there's this new Aussie guy and he's going to drive for so-and-so and and they've ditched him and this is happening and they're moving and he did say yes there but then actually said no. There's a whole drama (laughs) later and catch up, okay? But in the moment, I was like, I want to say something so I'll ask you how you are and then you can ask me how I am. But that's not listening, is it? That's me with my own agenda. But as he spoke, I was like, this guy really loves F1. And... To this day, I have no idea what it was that I wanted to say because in that moment, God was like, Kim, just listen to your husband. He loves this stuff. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Actually listen, not with some agenda in your mind about I'm going to say this next as soon as there's a pause in the conversation. Actually listen. What's the other person saying? That's what Neil focused on, quick to listen, slow to speak. We're not in a hurry. You know when you're driving and you have to slow down for a T intersection or a corner, or you should slow down, Mick. (laughs) You should slow down. You, You slow down and you judge, yep, I can hit that corner or I should stop. It's the same thing. Before you speak, you're slowing down and you're checking the traffic. I'm going to slow down just before I decide what I'm going to talk about. How good would it be if we were all designed and created with this button? Pause. Just going to pause. You know when you pause the game? Some of these new online games you can't pause and you've got to sit there and play until you're finished. In the olden days, you'd just pause your game and get up and do whatever mum asked you to do and go back and play. But now it's a little bit different with all the online stuff. Um, But how good would that be to just have a pause button? Just pause the world around me, just get myself composed. What about one of these? Do you guys know what this button is? (laughs) (laughs) Rewind, hey, oh, just go back. I just want to go back and change completely what I said. I did not mean the way it came out, or I just blurted or shot my mouth off in some way. I wish I could just rewind and go back and do that again. That'd be really cool if we had a rewind button because words get us in trouble, words scorch each other. We can use words for good, and we're going to do that next week but words can be really, really hurtful. I would argue that words are the most hurtful thing that can happen to you. Mum would always say, you've got a superpower, because she goes, all these, all these characters are made up and everything. Kim, you've actually got a superpower. Your words. Like, oh yeah, Mum, whatever. <laughs> like, no one wants to hear advice from Mum. But she's right. Words are more powerful than anything. Most powerful thing. We're shaped by the words that are spoken about us. We're hurt by words that are said to us. Our confidence is built or destroyed by words. You can really build someone up. And you can really tear someone down. It takes a lot longer and way more words to build them up. And one short comment, you can just undermine all of that. And take them out. Words are really powerful. <clears throat> We've all been affected by harmful words. I think it's just part of human nature, um, which I'll go into in a little bit. But words are really powerful. And you can't, I mean, we say sorry. You're cute kids. Oh, they're so cute. That's me and my younger brother. Um, And we had lots of times where we'd injure each other growing up. I broke his collarbone. I dislocated his elbow. I cut his forehead twice. I whacked an earbud into his ear. Well, he was dancing around with it, poking out of his ear, being really smart, so I just bopped it. And we had to go to hospital. And I got in huge trouble. And I said, sorry... But we still ended up in emergency and he still had a little sore eardrum for a while and he still talks about it. Um, I bro- you know, He's got a scar on his head from where we ran into each other. I said sorry, but it took time to heal. Um, yeah, broke, broke his arm. He actually didn't hurt me that much, to be honest. <laughs> trying to think of one story, there's nothing. Fell over playing soccer, but I don't think he was there. Um, so, Yeah. But you can say sorry, right, jam their fingers in the door, oh, sorry, but the pain's still there. So words don't have that same healing in the way that it hurts. Do you know what I mean? Like when you say sorry, there's there's so much more to pain. Words are really powerful. Where are they? Here, Here we go. And we're walking along, and I'm with the boys group, so I've got to walk fast. And every time they were a little bit out of distance, I'm like, just hold a tree and just catch my breath really quickly. And they'd turn around, and I'm like, yeah, I'm all good, guys. Let's keep going. We're all good. We're all good. Mate, it's the fastest I've ever walked through the bush. And we didn't really go that fast, did we? No. But um, we, we, we were walking along, and I'm like, oh, so, you know, trying to make conversation. And the boy's like, oh, tell us a story. And I'm like, oh. What story do you want to hear? The hammock story. <laughs> oh, was anyone here when Dave preached his sermon about the hammock? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Dave has a really a lot different. And I'm not going to go into it hugely, but words had been said about me. Some of them I definitely earned. Some of them were adding journalistic license. And I had earned myself a reputation. Um, of it wasn't true, but the way I acted and the way I talked earned me a reputation. And so the type of people I dated were probably not the apples from the top of the tree, if you know what I'm saying, okay? Um, So, you know, dated a lot of people. Is that an understatement? (laughs) Too many people. (laughs) Dated way too many people. And I was really good at jumping ship just before it got hurtful or too serious or something. I thought, yeah, no, this is over, see you, mate. And next day, new boyfriend. That's what I'm talking about. Like, earned myself a... No, 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 (laughs) not at all, (laughs) not at all. Because what happens is you earn yourself a reputation and men like this are a little bit hesitant to go near you because they're like, oh, you're going to hurt me. So, they just stay friends and, you know, like that type of thing. Anyway, like every um, kid that grows up, I guess, you break hearts and you get yours broken. And I got mine broken real bad. Real bad. Um, so, the the girl that was asked to hang out in that hammock, she was shattered. And she thought, you, just, you know, that's what boys want. They want to go hang out in the hammock and just make out and kiss and stuff. So... She was really broken. And then to have someone say, Hey, do you want to come hang in the hammock? And you're like, Yeah, cool, let's go. Um, and then have a little kiss. But then to have him pull away and just put his arm around you and want to talk, it's like, Am I doing something wrong? Does he not want to kiss me? Like, what? Turned out to be the best relationship ever. And the rest is history. We got married. How good's that? But words really hurt. They really hurt. People would say things about me um, and I'm like, yeah, that's not true. But fact interferes with a good argument, doesn't it? So I just, you know, you just cop it. But when you cop it for a long time and, and the same words are repeated, it's really hurtful. It's really hurtful. And it takes so many more positive words to combat those negative words. I'm really glad that the Bible is full of words from my heavenly father that build me up. Because I give them so much more weight than I give to anyone else's words. Our boss's words are pretty heavy, like when your boss tells you off. I can't say that I've ever been told off by my boss. That's pretty good. Um, Teachers, yes, when I was in high school, but I must have leadership myself you're just really careful with your words because you want to build up the people that you work with. And your words have that weight. Your mum's words have weight. When mum says something to you, that's a bit more heavy than if just some random female said it to you. So mum's words. And if you're a mum in the audience, you know your words are a bit heavy. But I think the people with the heaviest, most powerful words are our dad's. And if you've had a dad say something that's not so nice to you, you know how hurtful those words can be. Really destructive. Dad's words are the heaviest. This is probably the most I am on my PowerPoint, eh? One of the things my dad used to say was, um, just let it go through to the keeper. We'd watch heaps of cricket and he'd say, oh, just let it go through to the keeper, let it go through to the keeper. But then I heard him saying it in life when things would happen and it was those moments where your fists clench up or your arms cross and he'd say, oh, just let it go through to the keeper. It's not worth even speaking back. Just let it go through. Let it go through. All right. We're jumping into James 3. Here we go. If you want to open up, you're welcome to. Students, you may get your phones out. Um, These are great words of advice in James chapter 3. We're going to jump in at chapter 3, verse 2. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits in the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal Or take ships for an example. Although they're so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever that pilot wants to go. To keep the whole body in check, you've got to control the tongue, don't you? Gain control of your tongue and your whole body will stay out of trouble. That tiny little bit has such a big influence I told you I always dreamt of having a horse Um, there's just something really cool about such a big animal and even when you go for a ride the feel of them but the fact that you just give a little tug here and she'll turn that way and give a little tug and she'll go that way she's completely controlled by the bit in her mouth huge animal powerful dangerous but can be controlled by such a small part uh, ships. I'm not so fond of ships. Um, when my father-in-law said to me, "All I want for my birthday is to go on a cruise," I was like, "Oh gosh!" And I'd only been married to Dave for one year, so you're still on your best behavior. It's like, okay, yep, yeah, sure, let's go on a cruise. Went on a cruise. Dave loved it. Had the best time. He would love to go again. I'm just not going. <laughs> Poor guy. I'll probably go if you ask me nicely. Anyway, if you can take control of the mouth, your tongue, you can take control of the whole beast. If you can take control of the rudder, your tongue, you can steer that whole ship through a storm. Doesn't matter which way the winds are blowing, you can control it and influence wherever it goes. Such a small part has a really big influence. Let's keep reading. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it is itself is set on fire by hell whoa, James, calm down, buddy. Is the tongue really that bad? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I told you I grew up in Victoria. I mean, 2009, it was my year 12 year. So, you know, you select all your subjects, la, la, la. And um, you're going to work really hard and you're just going to cruise to the end and you're going to get what you need. But you don't ever expect something to come along. And I'm thinking of you, Ethan, with your arm too. Um, something come along and just, you know, throw a spanner in the works. Well, the Black Saturday fires happened at the start of um, my Year 12 year, and those red um, spots are where the, the fires were burning around Victoria. All of them were started by a spark, okay? No one... Actually, there were a couple that were set because they were meant to be back burning and they got out of control. But the big ones were set either by lightning, just a little spark or by people sparking them. Hundreds of people died in those fires. Um, Let me show you where I lived. Is it going to work for us? Hey, check this out. So Queensland's up there, Victoria's right down the bottom. So Brisbane's not the most southern part of Australia. You can go a lot lower. this mountain range in there, this is sort of where I grew up in the Yarra Ranges. Really beautiful part of Australia, if you're ever looking for a place to go on a holiday. Um, here we go, we're zooming in, we're zooming in. Two big mountain ranges. And there's Wesburn. Let's go in a little bit closer. Good old Weszie. There's a pub and there's a broken down servo. That's about it. Um, so little, little town. Up in the top left corner, you can see... Does this have a pointer? Yay. Up in the top left corner, that dam there, we live just on a property here. Look, Pea Platers, look at these roads that I grew up on, right? Straight road, 90-degree turn. Straight road, 90-degree turn. Straight road. They're gravel. That's how I learnt to drive, hey. One day I was going home... This is off tangent as well, nothing to do with the topic... Um, one day I was driving home, my brother's sitting there, he's three years younger than me, and I'm on my piece, so, you know, you know everything about driving, and so we've, we've crossed the river and we're heading up this straight road, and I'm going a little bit quicker than what the speed limit was, and as I went round the corner, he pulled the handbrake on. <laughs> it was so cool, right? But then <laughs> I oversteered and shot back the other way and nosed into the fence where the paddock is, almost hit the guy's fence. We just like both look at each other, (gasps) sugar, that was close. So bump it back in reverse, reverse out, and just very quietly putt home, okay, really quietly, pull in the driveway, like no one's going to know anything, we're still looking at each other. Dad's on the deck with a cup of tea, like, okay, you won't know anything, it's fine, get out of the car, hi dad, how you going? He's like, how'd the grass get in the number plate? Straight away, hey, you can't get anything past Dad. But, yeah, I grew up in Wessie. And and when Black Saturday happened, it wasn't just one day. There was about two months of fires. So I just remember the smoke. um, And even still, every time there's smoke around, I'm like, oh, that's right, those fires. Um, But pretty much every state forest around us was on fire um, and burning. And I remember Mum calling one day. And saying, don't come home from school because the embers that are falling, like big pieces of bark this big that are lit, they're falling on our property. So actually stay, stay away, stay at school, go to your brother's place, that sort of thing. Um, and I remember just going through it and, you know, kids at school are talking about, oh, it's so cool if I could just go out to the fire and like help fight it and stuff. Like, dude, I'm so angry at the person who lit it. Like, my whole year 12, start of year 12 is just up. I remember the teacher saying to me, where are your textbooks? I'm like, oh, they're packed in the boot of the car because they're just ready to go if we have to go one night or, you know. it, was just, it just Your whole life is just up in, up in arms um, when there's bushfires around. So the fact that this little spark had started such devastation was awful it was a really awful thing to be around we were really lucky though like our property was okay and dad had sprinklers going all around the place and you know he knew he'd been around for a while so he knew what to do but like James says the tongue is like a fire the tongue is like a fire just a small spark can light a huge bushfire your tongue because you know it has eight muscles in it, and it never gets tired. We walked what, like, 16 Ks. My legs were dead. My back. And I just carried a tiny little pack. You guys had huge packs on. My tongue never gets tired. You can talk flat out. Your tongue doesn't get tired. It's just ready to go at any moment. Doesn't need recovery. Such a small part of your body has such a huge impact. Um, I had another story here about a time that um, we asked Dad, can we, you know, start a fire? Because I told you I like starting fires. (laughs) I didn't start any of the Black Saturday fires, by the way, (laughs) just in case your brain just made that connection. Um, But there was all these leaves, you know, gum trees everywhere. Dad, can we rake up all the leaves and burn them? It's like, oh yeah, 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 sure, yep, okay, yeah, do it. Normally he said no, but this day he said yes. So we raked them all up, and there's a big gum tree just over there. But you know, we make the pile just here, and the pile's this big, like proper leaves. And then we just spark the bottom of it, right? And it just goes woof, and then the flames are double the height, and they light the branch on fire of the gum tree. And then the fire spreads along the branches and it goes down the trunk of the tree and up the trunk of the tree and we're just like, ah, Dad, ah. And so to this day, it's known as the candle and if you go along Old Warby Road in Warburton, you will see a big burnt black gum tree uh, that we burnt. And um, some really nice people drove by and called the police so the police turned up. Oh, so you're going to have to put that out. And Dad's like, yeah, righto. So, you know, we went and got a pump and the water and, psh, you know, the candle. Tiny little spark. Yep, yeah, caused heaps of devastation. Really awful. And the cops were involved. That's no good. It's the only time I've had cops in my life, though, so that's pretty good, eh? Hey, next week, Sharon's going to focus on what happens after the fire. And like, really cool. It was only a couple of years later that Dave and I started dating and he drove with me back to Victoria. And do you remember driving through, down through the Black Spur and down through there, and all the trees looked like this? Everywhere you looked, they were little green shoots. Words can be really harmful, but there is hope. There is hope. Likewise, this is James chapter 3, verse 5. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil. I feel like I've read this already. Among the parts of the body, it corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it itself is um, set on fire by hell. You know, your tongue gets you in trouble. And being a teacher, I, I hear it a fair bit. Um, but you can't just say, hey, put your tongue in detention and take your body out and play because your tongue needs to learn a lesson. It's, you know, you've got to put the whole kid in and keep them in and chat to them. Or when you've had a fight with your spouse, you can't just oh take my tongue out and teach it a lesson. It's the whole body's affected. So, it's not this part that you can just take out. It's something that affects all of us. If you start that fire accidentally, you're still responsible. If you say something and it hurts someone, you didn't mean it, you're still responsible. The tongue itself has been set on fire by hell, the source of evil from within. There is something in us that has extraordinary potential to do harm. And if you're somebody who believes, you know, the story of God and who he is to us, you know that there's also somebody else out there that's seeking to destroy our life, just wants to burn it down, wants to tempt you in with the spark And then just burn you down. And I think that part of our body is the part that he's probably got the most control of sometimes. And we really need to control it. Let's keep going. We're nearly there. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed. And they've been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. If you think about the animal kingdom, we've pretty much got it under control. It's either all in a national park over there, or that's all controlled over there, or this is all fenced in and you're not allowed to go there. We've sorted out the animal kingdom, haven't we? But we haven't figured out what to do with our tongue. No one can tame it. The tongue is untamable, it will never be domesticated. It's something that you've got to be aware of all the time. Even just yesterday, mate, Dave copped it yesterday. Poor guy. <laughs> and nearly the lady in the Macca's drive through and then the lady at Woolworth's. I was on a roll and I just had that little voice in my head, no, Kim, quick to listen, slow to speak. Quick to listen, slow to speak. There's no point shooting off and starting a fire. Just slow down and just take a minute. That's better than starting a fire. Just slow down. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. The power of our words are a bit like poison and we have to stand guard over them. With the tongue, we praise God, we praise our Father and then we curse human beings with the same body part. Those people have been made in God's likeness too. You know, here's another offside story. Um, Extrovert brain, here we go. I used to, in my brain, when I met people and I thought, yeah, you're been an idiot, I just put them in a box in my brain, idiot. I did, I really didn't. I've got no time for you at all. But as I grew up and I matured, I took that label off and I relabeled it God, help me with these people because you love them and I've got to find a way to get along. I've got to find a way to get along with these people because they're his children. Whether they're our best mate or what we see as our worst enemy, God loves them. So who am I to shoot my tongue off and let my tongue go crazy? We're critical, we're sarcastic, we're hurtful and yet out of the same mouth we praise God. And then we're critical and we're sarcastic and we're hurtful. And then we preach a sermon. It's hard. The tongue is untamable. Two opposite things coming out of the same source. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this shouldn't be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow out of the same spring? No. No. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives? No. Can a grapevine bear bear figs? No. Can my little tomato bushes grow cucumbers? No. Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Two opposite things coming out of the same source. That's it from James. That's it. He just leaves it there. He doesn't you know, say, oh, this is how to fix it. So we've got to sort of use our own brain a little bit and seek wisdom from other places because if we don't do something about this body part, it's going to get us in a whole lot of trouble. We're going to burn so many people. So here's a tiny little snapshot of what's coming next week because I feel like I've just depressed the whole room um, with how bad our tongue is. These three things. Remember, surrender, confess. The tongue determines the direction and the quality of your family, of your personal life, of your friendships. You're never safe with your tongue. You have to guard it. It's like my Jack Russell at the gate. If I don't guard the gate and I'm not onto it and I turn away, he's out, he's out down the road and I'm half an hour late to work. You have to be on guard You can't put your tongue away for a while and just have two weeks off. It is constantly there with you. So what are we going to do? James doesn't tell us. The book of James doesn't finish with this nice ending, but we've got these three words that we're going to focus on next week. So remember, surrender, and confess. Remember each morning. It doesn't matter how much of the Bible you've memorized, your tongue is preloaded And ready to go. And you've got to surrender it. You've got to surrender it. Here's a really simple prayer. And if you feel comfortable, copy me Heavenly Father, remind me to be quick to listen and slow to speak. That's it. Heavenly Father, remind me to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Surrender your tongue to him every single moment. (coughs) Own the fires that you start. That's confess. If you've started a fire, own it. Help put it out. Remember that saying sorry doesn't just fix it magically. You've got to be there to help fix it and put the fire out and clean up the devastation. There's a fair bit of a process. Remember in the morning... Surrender it to God, and if you've started a fire, confess it. Break that habit of letting your tongue rule your life. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Let me sum it up. Dads, you have got the heaviest words. Please choose your words carefully. If you've been hurt by words from your dad or from that cycle, please be someone who breaks that cycle. My dad was someone who broke that cycle and now he sees a kid who's been raised in a, in a world where I didn't have to worry about that hurt, but he chose to break that cycle. Please be someone who breaks the cycle if that's, if that's something in your life. Kids, which is me too, our words to our parents can be so hurtful. Somehow our words as kids, they go right to our parents' heart, straight there. So kids, choose your words carefully. Just take a moment, quick to listen, slow to speak. Ladies, in the way we speak to men, let's be quick to listen and slow to speak. Men, in the way you talk to us as women, quick to listen, slow to speak. Quick to listen, slow to speak.